Good morning, everybody. This week's portion begins the Joseph story. We learn that he is his father's favorite, who learns in a short time from Yaakov all that Yaakov learned at the yeshiva of Shem and Ever. This is the Torah of exile. I think when we have the rabbis tell us such a thing, it's almost as if we know that Yosef is going to end up in exile. We are told that Yosef HaSadiq, he looks exactly like his father. And we know that Yaakov's face was the same face as Adam HaRishon. And that is the face that's etched onto the Kisei Kavod, the throne of glory. From this, our rabbis taught that Yosef was the extension of Yaakov's soul. Uh, I remember learning where the rabbis told us that uh, when the child looks exactly like one of the parents, you know that the soul transmitted from above uh, properly. <clears throat> and we see also that even in the Sifirot of Kabbalah, that Yaakov Avinu represents that central column of Tiferet, and that flows directly down into the Yisod foundation, which is represented by Yosef. At the same time, it seems that both Yaakov and Yosef are willing to live under Midat Hadin. We see that Yaakov tells Hashem, that if you're going to give me clothes to wear, food to eat, a pillow to put my head on, uh, then you will be for me a Elohim, meaning I'm willing to live under this aspect of Midat Elohim, which is how Adam HaRishon was originally created. And we see Yosef always refers to Hashem as Elohim. His whole life has this aspect of Elohim. And the aspect of Elohim shows basically that uh, there's, there's no mercy, there's either yes or no, and there's tremendous growth. You're tested, you succeed, you move forward. And this is Yosef. He's a guy who doesn't fail. And I think that's in contrast to what we see in this week's Panashah. Yered Yehuda, after Yehuda, was the guy who was willing to, to sell Yosef. Uh, the brothers basically say to him, look how sad daddy is. And had you told us to bring him home, we would have listened to you. So Vayered Yehuda, Yehuda goes down. And then we have the whole story of Yehuda and Tamar. And we see there that Yehuda can fail and then come back again. So the difference between Yehuda and Yosef is that Yosef is perfection. He's under Midat Elohim. Yehuda, and even the name Yehuda, yud Hey. Vav Dalit Hey is has the name of Shem Hashem of Havayav the Yud and the K and the Vav and the K, and he exists under this level of mercy. But back to Yosef, Yosef, uh, Yosef is this extension of Yaakov's soul, and as Abraham, his heir was Yitzchak, and Yitzchak's heir was Yaakov. I think Yosef sees himself, and maybe the brothers saw it also. As, as perhaps that Yosef is the exclusive heir of Yaakov. And we see that his father gives him the, the gifts, he gives him the, the coat of many colors, he treats him differently from his brothers. And if you're Yosef at this point in your life, you know, they say life can't get better than this, you know, this is, this is great life. Uh, at the same time, he still has this difficult relationship with his brothers, but with relationship to his father, how he's taken care of, how he's loved, by his father, it's uh, it's it's really amazing. And then one day everything changes. His father sends him on a mission to check on his brothers, and they have gone to Shechem. And we all recall what happened in that place when Shimon and Levi obliterated the population after 
Shechem ben Hamor, the prince of the city, who's named for the same as the city, rapes their sister Dina. They go in and they completely destroy the entire population. And perhaps that, that Yaakov knew that the, his children were going with the sheep to Shechem. He was worried. He must have been always worried that the people are going to want revenge. So Yosef gets to Shechem and he finds that his brothers have left. Where did they go? We discussed in the synagogue this week the concept of Shiluach Mitzvah. We have a messenger who's sent to perform a mitzvah. We're all familiar with the idea. We all give tzedakah to someone traveling that they should be protected on their journey in the merit of the mitzvah of tzedakah. In this case, Yaakov sent Yosef to do mitzvah. So he's a shiluach mitzvah for Yaakov Avinu. How could he be harmed? The rabbis suggest a number of different answers. One of the answers is has, has to do with the future of Bnei Israel. But I believe that Yaakov Avinu, when he sent his son Yosef to Shechem, he knew he would be safe. And that was the Shiluach Mitzvah. He sent him to Shechem. And perhaps when Yosef found that his brothers had moved on and they were safe, Yosef should have concluded his mission and returned home. But Hashem sends the angel Gabriel. And as we discussed before, Gabriel, he represents this midah of justice, the midah of deen, the aspect of Elohim, which, as we said, was associated with Yaakov and then with Yosef all of his life. And it is the angel Gabriel who sets in motion what was told to Abraham two centuries prior at Brit Ben Abitarim that his descendants will be slaves. These verses where Yosef encounters Gabriel change the course of history. And they begin the slavery of Egypt. And as Yosef continues beyond the mission, maybe that's why he's no longer under the protection as a Shiluach Mitzvah. Or maybe we could say he's under the direct protection of Hashem himself who needs history to work out in a certain way. And how quickly life spins out of control. His brothers want to kill him. I don't care about dreams. I don't care about favoritism for his brothers to want to kill him. It's an unbelievable thing. It has to be beyond his ability to even imagine. And look what they do to him. They strip him. They toss him into the pit where he's surrounded by snakes and scorpions. And at the last minute, they pull him out only to sell him. He's sold from one group to another and then another who finally sell him into Egypt. And this, I guess, happens so that there's no way to trace later on and to be able to find him. There, this boy, Yosef, 17 years old, pretty boy, who's born with a silver spoon, becomes the servant and the slave. And bad becomes worse when he finds himself attacked and then dragged to the dungeons to live life as a prisoner in the underground of Egypt. Eleven years go by, and he sees a sliver of hope in the wine steward who was freed, but who forgets him for two more years. Thirteen years of nightmarish suffering, as an abused slave, prisoner, and worst of all, disowned by his own family. And even after he is freed and raised to high office, he still must be mourning that loss of family. How does one recover? 
They wanted to kill him. They sold him. How does one control anger? How does one not plan for revenge? But look, if we jump forward in the Pashiyot, when Yosef finally reveals himself to his brothers, what does he tell them? Do not be distressed or reproach yourself because you sold me here. It was to save life that Elohim sent me ahead of you. Yosef had accepted all along that although they were the instruments, all this was really God's plan as the Orachim writes. He added that they should not become angry at themselves for having set in motion all the developments which had led to this reunion. He supported his argument by saying that actually what the brothers had done had, re- had resulted in their now being able to rely on him and see them through the famine and not become impoverished. And what gave Yosef this confidence? I believe that it happened in the very first moments of his captivity. When he's thrown into a pit of snakes and scorpions and instead of attacking him, they made space for him. He recognized the miracle. In the midst of personal trauma and events beyond imagination, Yosef knew that Hashem was with him and would be with him throughout whatever occurred in this ordeal. And I believe that he held on to that thought for the next 13 years. Hashem is with me. As he went from caravan to caravan, he remembered, Hashem is with me. And as he arrived as a slave in the home of Potiphar, he remembered, Hashem is with me. As he was attacked, falsely accused and imprisoned, he remembered, Hashem is with me. As he lingered in jail, he remembered, Hashem is with me. As the hope he placed in the king's steward dissipated, he remembered, Hashem is with me. And in every one of these places, he was able to see in some way or another, the Yad of Hashem, the hand of God, allowing him to remember, Hashem is with me. What a lesson to each and every one of us. We all have to look for the hidden miracles we experience every single day. There are stories and stories and stories that we hear from others, but those miracles happen to us all of the time. We just have to open our eyes and see them. We have to look for Hashem within the coincidence. That's where Hashem is hiding. Even if we fall into the pit of life, even if we fall into a pit where where we feel surrounded by snakes and scorpions, we have to remember, each and every one of us has to remember, Hashem is with me. It's part of the plan. Hashem is with me. Hashem, Hashem will be with us. Hashem will be with our boys, our soldiers. Hashem will be with all B'nai Israel. He'll be with all of the hostages. Free them, redeem them, bring them back to their families and end this tragic chapter. And may we be zochered in the merit of coming together as a people, as a nation to see Mashiach B'merabi. Amen.